and welcome back to One Shot Mondays. We are still playing our Shadowrun game, and I am really excited to find out the uh, how these guys handle the uh, inside of this lab that they're at. Just to remind everybody, uh, last time they kind of continued their plans, did some more uh, recon, and their ultimate plan was let's try and, you know, loop the cameras, cause a phantasmal distraction, and sneak in past the other patrol. Uh, which they succeeded at. Uh, they found a, a nerd patrol on the inside that they were able to uh, <laughs> kind of get patrol. by. They they tried to sneak past them, and one character, Zara, uh, kind of made a mistake. She glitched at the end, and the outer patrol saw that the fire they were looking at was magic, and they now know that somebody was trying to... De well, they can maybe deduce that somebody was trying to distract them at the very least. So that's where we're going to pick up. The three of you are inside the building in uh, the upper office. When I say upper, I mean on the first floor, kind of the way that our map is drawn. It's the, the top one. So you have an idea of where you want to go. Uh, I'm going to start with Lucian, though. Out in your uh, recon area, Lucian, uh, you've got the one drone in with the team. The one on the outside notices the, uh, the, the patrol that was looking at the fire. He sees them notice the fire go out and they start, they look like really confused and they start walking over towards it. And you see them like starting to like pick up their radios and talk to somebody. Okay, uh, I believe that if it's possible, I am going to, if I can do it in time uh, upon seeing this, he is going to very quickly on really quick they, they don't seem like they didn't like run over there and start like causing a scene like they were just like quietly inspecting it in case that changes your response i would like to stop them before they can alert the inner guards because okay. if they do then the others are really messed up okay so what if it's possible uh i might see if i can I, i'd like to think that i've outfitted my van with the ability to like even though the drones are inside the van, that there's a way I can set them to go outside without having to disengage and totally and lift them and place them outside. Like, if I'm having to control... Oh, yeah, if you're controlling them, you can definitely just, like, open up the doors with your mind and then, like, have them go out on their own. Yeah, yep. Okay, uh, I think if it's possible, I don't know if it is, only because the, the land drones, I think, only have, um, like, actual bullets, but... If it's possible, I would love to see if I can take one of my land drones and get close enough, or or my or one of my air drones, and get close enough and ba basically attempt to like trank these guards. Huh. Hmm. Um. Which I don't know if that's possible, considering that more often than not they're going to have bullets, not uh, like actual ammo, not uh, not neutralizers like tranks but we're we're going for I we're think going you can buy those yeah, things there, there yeah. are Sarah the gear. let me I'll, look you, you you probably would have had some yeah so. all right here's what i'm gonna say so based on how this all shook out you would have been watching the situation and you would have seen the moment when the guards like saw the fire go out and started like going and walking towards it so i'm gonna say that yeah. you have enough time to get a drone or two out and in position but it's going to be, like, right before they pick up the radio to start talking into it. So if you fail, they're going to get something across the, the radio. Either I try now or they tell them anyway, right? Yeah. I mean, you can, you can suppose that, yeah. 
That might be what happens. Okay. It might not be what happens. I don't know. I have a question for Wesley. Yes. Are you going to let everyone, like all of us, know that they know before you do this? or <laughs> If I have time, I would do so. If I don't have time, I would say that I've drank them and to exit a different way. <laughs> because if you don't... Okay. Okay, I was just curious. Do I have time you to... You should. It's like a quick second to do. Hey guys, they noticed you're here. Be careful. Yeah, I think um, using using the one that I have in there with them, I'm guessing it has uh, communication between well, me and the drone Well, you already have communication itself, with so. all of them with your comlink, so... Yeah, oh, yeah. comlink, duh. Yeah, we all have comlinks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I... Uh, although, how am I supposed to... How am I able to speak when I'm somewhat coming to us? Anyway. You, you can interface with it kind of like Susanna does. Um, yours is like an actual, like, rigor interface on your body, whereas hers is just like her own mind, but... Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the comlinks all crackle, and I, I say, uh, everyone, we might have a slight uh, slight problem here. Um, it seems that the fire was a bit obvious in uh, in its nature. The uh, the guards are heading over. I'm going to do what I can to stop them. Don't turn back. I've got this. Okay. Thanks for throwing me under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I am... He is, he is a firm believer in... in Telling things as they are and throwing people under the bus. <laughs> no, telling things as they are. He doesn't see it as throwing people under the bus. The van. The van. Yes. If he's yeah. throwing yeah. them under anything, it would be the van. Like yes, it. it would be Vanessa. Okay, so you get this message off to them um, before I have you do your trank situation. People on the inside, are you still sticking with the plan? Get to that door and get inside. Yeah. Okay. I'm just move. I'm probably running across there because there's no one in here, as far yeah. as I know. Yeah. Are there? Did you say there were sensors inside of the long hallway? In the hallway past the mag-locked door, yes, there are some okay. trip beams. Um, so you're aware that they're there before you even get there. Okay. Do we okay. know how to turn them off by any chance? Yeah, there's a way to turn them off. I'll, okay. I'll get to that. Um, so while you guys are going towards the door, I'll say this is happening at the same time as Wesley's drones kind of getting their angle on the... Um, the guards. I'm going to say that you have them by surprise, so they're not going to defend against this. Go ahead and just roll your your attempt to hit, which would just be your gosh, uh, let me look at your sheet quick. It's going to be the gun skill even though you're not using like a pistol gun, you're using like a trank gun, it's still the same skill, so you're going to use your skill in that, plus because you're like rigged in, I believe it's your reaction. Okay. Oh, okay, here we go. When using a weapon mounted on a vehicle, use engineering plus logic. Okay, there we go. That makes much oh. more sense. Yeah. Okay, there it is. And roll it twice because you're trying to use... I think you roll it twice if you're using two drones to do it. You might just roll it once for all drones, though. That's a total of four, four hits. successes. So you definitely hit them. Uh, what's the... Well, it's a trank dart. I'm going to say it hits, so that means it works. So roll 10d6 one more time to see if the second guard also gets tranked. Okay. That's And it's another four. four. So, yes. Okay, you successfully tranquilized both guards. Nice. Um, so they are nice. now out. And you know that based on the guard rotation, it'll probably be like 10 minutes before the next patrol would come upon them and notice that something's up. Okay. Uh, so now I have imposed a clock. Yes. Great. <laughs> so I think I would relay and uh, just say, 
Well, I've got I've, I've got good news and, and, and bad news. Which one would you like first? Both as quickly as possible. Yeah, just, just kind of come on. And I'm like getting the door <laughs> open. Yeah. All right, fine. I have knocked out this patrol, but uh, I believe it will be approximately 10 minutes until the next one comes around and uh, they are pretty liable to notice that um, their compatriots are not present. So you're on the clock. Yeah, okay. Fine. I'm going to push through the door. Okay. And, um, uh, you don't have to do any... Well, actually, you have to do a control device roll to try and open the door with your admin access. Okay, sure. So go ahead and do that. That's... Uh, that is uh, electronics plus logic. And I guess because I'm outside of the matrix right now, that's my normal one. Yeah. Unless you want to enter the matrix quickly to do it and then come back out. I, mean. I can do that, I guess. Yeah. Don't have to mess around with anything. I uh, got two successes. All right. The uh, opposed test is only a, a single hit, so you successfully open the door again. Okay. Yay. You're now looking nice. into this hallway, and you're trying, like, you're looking for those trip beams. So you see, like, the little, like, nodules. Like, so a trip beam is, like, you know, like the red lines you would see in, like, all the spy movies. Like, that's a trip mm-hmm. beam. It's just, like, a, if something walks in front of it, it'll notice. Um, so let me pull up trip beam really quick, and I'll tell you what you would have to do to get rid of them. Yeah, because I want to try to disable it if I can. I can walk through them without tripping them with sensor sneak. It's a spell. Oh, oh. nice. Can you Is cast that, that on other people? Or? I don't know if I can cast on other people. That's a good question. Share the love. <laughs> so if you can, that would be really helpful. Hmm. It says it gives the target... A version of the invisible but improved status. It says range is touch, so maybe I can touch yeah. people and cast it on them? Yeah, that's exactly what that means. Okay, so yes, I can cast sensor sneak on all of us. And yeah, because otherwise you would have to make an athletics plus agility what? test to try and, uh, like, you know, weave past it without hitting it. <laughs> try to mission impossible your that way through. That sounds it. like a bad yeah. time. <laughs> no, I don't want to do so, that. I'm hungover. Um, I think basically Zara like looks in and just to confirm there's no security cameras in there or if they are they're loose. There are right? not. There are none. Yep. Okay. So she'll say I can cast a spell on us so that we don't trigger the traps. We'll Fine. do it already. <laughs> okay. So I guess I'll have to roll it like three times, once for everybody? Yes. Okay. So I guess I'll cast it on Fluke first since he's being impatient. <laughs> and it's going to be 12 D6s. And is there like a resist test to this or does it just drain you or like how does that work? It says... Because hmm. I think you have like no an effect. essence... I think there's like an essence drain mechanic. Like the more magic you use, like you know, yeah. it gets to a point where you have to like kind of recharge, so It has speak, a drain so. value of two. Okay. It has no effect on, like, living and sentient beings. Like, people will still be able to see us, but we're invisible to technology-based sensors. Yeah. I'm going to rule that you can use just the, like, the drain two and get all of you under the one use. Okay. Um, just to make this easy. Okay. So first I'm going to cast it on Fluke. So this one's for Fluke. That's quite one, a few successes. One, two, three, four, five, six successes. <laughs> and then two failures, so you're fine. Yeah. Okay, and the next one is for Arrow. That's one, four. two, three, four successes. Okay. 
two fails. Okay. And then this one is for myself. One. Oh no, I got a lot of twos. But it's less than six, so you're okay. Hang on. Yeah. One. Yeah. You got two, three, three successes, successes for and myself. Four okay. failures. So yeah. you uh, does the spell say anything about like what the hit like a, like a certain number of hits do something or what is it? Let me look in the actual book. I just have what I copied over into the work document. Okay. Um, it's underneath of illusion spells, so it yeah. just says um, opposed test for whatever it specifies, but it doesn't specify an opposed. Yeah. So I think it just does it, sneak. and it just lasts yeah. for a certain amount of time. So I think it's just a time thing. Like once the time's up, it the goes duration away, is sustained. So okay. I guess. You just keep it Probably up. Probably the you hits means how yeah. long it sustains, yeah. Well, what you guys know is that the beams only go up. To, if you're looking in the hallway, there's the double doors at the other end. And on the left side, there's a single door. The beams go up until the point right before that single door. And then there's no more beams. So it's a very short amount of trip beams. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, we are now invisible to technology-based sensors. So we can All just right. walk through. Cool. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to kind of lead the way up front because I know where I'm going because I've been in here before, and then I am Wait, going to... Wait, you've been in here before? What? You've seen in here before, you mean? Yeah. Okay. That's what I meant. Like, I've been in here, so I'm, I'm just going to, like, walk up to the door and then punch in the door. Uh, if I need to make another roll, I can. The single door or the double doors? But is there a difference? Well, right, so you're looking at the... Like, you guys have the floor plan. All you know is there's rooms in here. You don't know what's in any of those rooms, so... Are we not in here? You guys are in this hallway, but... Oh, yeah, no. I'm just going to go this way. The double doors. Okay. So it's not locked. It's an unlocked door. Okay. Then I'm going to very carefully push it open and pop my head in and see what's in there. All right. Um, So you very carefully do this. So let me just open up my notes. (laughs) Roll for very carefully. (laughs) (laughs) My hands are near my weapons. Yeah. So on the other side of this door, you see a large space. It's two stories tall. Um, It's not like another floor or anything. Um, You see kind of like like an opaque glass window up across from you. And in the space itself, you see like what looks like kind of medical equipment almost, but not quite. You see like operating tables. Uh, You see kind of some reports. Um, just kind of like, you know, scattered about like somebody was working in here recently. Um, you see like a big bay door at the back. There's plenty of, uh, other equipment around the edges of the room. Most of it, you don't really know what it is, but it's just like a big space that your impression of it is operating room, but not quite. It just seems strange. Is there anyone in here? No. Okay. Then I'm going to make, um, well, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I was cautiously looking around and listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking around and listening. Are you looking for anything or just like inspecting the room? I'm watching our six. Okay. You're watching your six. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to make you roll for anything because you don't hear anything out of the ordinary. Um, there doesn't appear to be anything in here right now. Okay. Um, I am though, uh, Wesley, your character has his drone here, right? Yes, I do have my drone with them. 
Give me a logic plus intuition roll. Okay. 96. Okay. All right, three hits. It's a pretty simple test because this is something you uh, would know about. Uh, Lucian, through the drone, you see some of the paperwork scattered on the desk there. And in big letters, kind of at the top, is like a header on one of the reports. You see the words Project Alpha. And like a specter from the past trying to drag you back, those words kind of make you remember something. Oh, it's this moment. Yeah. So. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, uh, uh oh. We see Lucian sitting at his desk in a massive cubicle farm. It is clear that this is an Evo Corporation building from the logos and company tagline plastered on the walls. Lucian is currently jumped into one of the corporation's automatons, directing it remotely as he moves barrels of radioactive waste at one of Evo's dump sites. As Lucian continues the menial tasking, we see an upper manager make their way down the aisle to Lucian's cube. The manager stands at the cubicle entrance, waiting for the proximity detector to alert Lucian to their presence. Lucian efficiently puts his work in a safe condition before jumping out of the robot back into his meat suit. The manager nervously says, Mr. Silva, uh, there's a woman from uh, headquarters on the teleconference line for you. Lucian stares up at his manager, dumbfounded. Headquarters? Why would headquarters need to talk to him? As far as he knew, they'd never had a teleconference with the head of this branch of Evo, let alone a low-level employee like himself. The only time he had ever heard of corporate contacting any of the satellite offices was when someone screwed up, and everyone knew what happened to those people. Lucian followed his manager to the teleconference room, dreading what was about to happen to him, trying to think about what he possibly could have done wrong. When he gets to the conference room, Lucian was surprised to see a smiling Russian woman up on the big screen. After his manager leaves, the Russian woman starts to talk to Lucian about his resume, commending him for his impressive academic transcripts and his aptitudes for rigging, that rigging having landed him in his current position. Quite a few times, she throws in a despite being an orc, something that Lucian had the good sense not to challenge. The woman then informed Lucian that Evo Corporation had an exciting research opportunity at one of its subsidiaries, Kestrel Industries, which was also based in Seattle. He was being assigned to a project there that would redefine the term rigging and change the world, to the Evo Corporation's benefit, of course. The woman remarked how their investment in his cybernetic enhancements would be put to good use on the project, and that a bright mind like his was exactly what they were looking for. While this was all happening, Lucian once again had the good sense to smile and nod along enthusiastically. Something about this seemed off, but he needed to be careful in how he looked into it. For now, he would be a willing participant. At the end of her spiel, the woman informed him that he was to report to Kestrel the next day and tell them that he was there for Project Alpha, and then sent him back to work. For the rest of the day, Lucian went about his regular business, but at the end of his shift, he made a lame excuse about having extra work that needed to get done, and stayed late into the night. Eventually, he was the last person in the office and went about looking into the mysterious project. He was able to safely hack into Evo's and Kestrel's systems, searching for any mention of Project Alpha. All he could find were one-line entries on expense reports, telling him that Evo was funneling millions of Nguyen into the project. Other than that, there was no mention of Project Alpha and what it was for. Lucian looked into Kestrel itself and determined that the company focused on biotechnology and magical goods. The lack of information and obvious red flags were enough for Lucian to realize that he needed to get out now. That night, he methodically went about erasing his past life and disappearing into the shadows. 
and then you are, we are back in the present day. Hmm. So, Lucian, you have seen this word, this project name, Project Alpha, and you, of course, uh, immediately recall it. Yes, he does recall, and uh, this uh, this is not um, this is not a good moment for him. But he knows that if it is to do with this project, that he even more so wants to uh, throw as big a wrench into it as he possibly can. <laughs> so. Over the comms, he, uh, I think he, he patches in and says, uh, there, on the, on the desk, that, that paper, that header there, it's, um, well, let, let, let me just say, I, 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 I have history. It, uh, I would recommend you check it out. Hmm. Can, like, I approach the documents and take a look at them more closely? Do you have any reason? Do you have any reason to think that you couldn't? No. <laughs> <laughs> There's nobody in this room. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Listen, I don't trust the DM ever. Uh, as, if you, <laughs> if you're point. like starting to like step forward, I put my hand out like in front of you, and then I turn to Zara and say, "Do your do your magic thing. Look look for weird stuff." Um. Yeah, so I can. I think it's called astral sensing. Yes. Let me find the. Let me find my ability here. Astral perception. Yes. Yeah, I can check for astral presences, but I don't know what the role is, so I need to find it. Well, it says adepts sometimes have to resist drain, which they do with body plus willpower, but it doesn't talk about casting. I'm gonna say you can just do it. Like you're just able to like turn it okay. on and off. Maybe there's a little bit it's of drain. Activation but... is a minor action, so I feel like it is something that I can just kind of do turn on. Yeah, so you can just turn that on and scope the room out. Do I see anything? <laughs> now I don't remember, so I'm just gonna say that this is how it works. I believe that you can look through walls with this, but you'll only see the magical stuff. So mm-hmm. you're looking around and you see nothing in the immediate area that's magical. You can tell that there are still like a spirit or two like outside the building, like doing rounds, but you don't see anything magical inside the building here. Inside this room? Yes. Okay. Um, I'll just say, uh, no, this room is, is empty of anything on any other plane that I can see. Okay, Fluke puts down his arm and lets Arrow go in if she wants to. You hear a tiny sigh, and she looks at you, and then she's gonna step forward. <laughs> he gives her like and a go, what? I wanted to make sure. Look, she's gonna go Rubs look at the, the back document. of her head. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Document time. What right. does this evil document say? <laughs> Um, so it seems like it's actually like pretty well scrubbed. It kind of dances around. It doesn't use any specific terms. It's talking about, you know, subject A, subject B, subject C. From what you can see, this is just like a report of test subjects. And it doesn't use any certain terms, but you see things like human, male, human, female, orc, male, orc, female. It'll say like they're you know, their metatype and their gender. And then it'll just say uh, success or failure. And then maybe a little bit of like a remarks section kind of telling you like any specific remarks. 
Uh, so I think one that maybe stands out to you, you see, just trying to think about how I'm going to word it because I didn't write this out of time. Well, you're figuring out that. Uh, I would like to remark that every time you said Evo, I heard evil. Oh. <laughs> well, you guys knew that. <laughs> oh, you were Kestrel saying Evo. You were saying Evo. Evo. <laughs> it's I it's it was Evo, right? Evil. Yeah, it's Evo, yeah. <laughs> Evil corporation. I thought you kept saying like this evil corporation yeah. and the evil. Oh. And pain. <laughs> if I need oh, to yeah. say, I mean, it is an evil corporation. It's okay. <laughs> I just had to acknowledge it because I'm sure there's other people who are thinking the same thing. Okay, that's fair. Okay, no, that's fair. I did because when he was uh, like describing uh, Lucian, uh, like in his backstory and the evil corporation of cubicles, and that's why I started giggling. Oh, oh yeah, yes. uh, the evil corporation. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, interesting. I didn't even think about that. I, and I didn't come up with that name. That's one of the stock ones. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, so uh, I think the, like maybe the one that stands out the most is you just see like a little remark saying that just says um, subject. It's one that says success. And it says subject. Subject has taken to new physiological attributes well. And that's, that's literally all it says. They're up to no good. No kidding. She looks like a little pale. Yeah. She's just gonna hand hand the documents to Fluke. But she looks a little pale. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think Fluke just like puts them down. Cause he's like, I don't know what to do about this. So he just like it's like I don't think it's gonna help us. I don't want to steal anything that we don't have to, you know, like so he just like puts them down after looking at them and kind of frowns like, I don't know what this is, but I don't like it. And Let's then, just get out of here as soon as possible. Yeah, and then as okay, soon as he's done, thought... he just turns around on his heels and walks back into the mystery hallway and uh, goes there's... to the door that's... Well, there is another doorway in the big room, too. Oh, there's another door in the... Which one? Right here. Oh, yeah, okay, but, I'll go there first. Wesley was about to say something, though. What were you going to say, Wesley? I, I just... I just directed them toward that because I thought maybe they would find the name of the guy we're looking for in a connection. So I'm sorry. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> ah, his name fine. would have been on the report. He was the no, one okay. making the report. No, it's good. Okay, yeah, I'll check that other room then. So you're just gonna open the door? Do I need to? Is it locked? You can try the handle. Okay, I try the handle. It's not locked. Okay, I stealthily <laughs> go. I stealthily pop my head in again to see what's in there. Okay. You open the door slowly with the others behind you and uh, Lucian's camera looking over your shoulder. And you open it into a sparse and utilitarian looking like kind of home space. It looks like a living room with like a kitchen in the back. And inside you see a short balding man that you presume is Mikhail Kuznetsky. Ah. Before I get into much more details though, you're looking over Fluke's shoulder arrow and Great. I'm gonna. That would be a feat. Gonna, He's quite I'm tall. Gonna, I'm gonna do a thing. Oh no! Okay. Okay. What <laughs> thing? So you have a sudden flashback. Oh. Great. Also, this everybody great. get prepared for a really bad Russian accent. Will do. Okay. Um, so uh, you have the sudden flashback. <laughs> You're uh, laying down somewhere, somewhere cold and hard. What were you doing again? The last thing you remember was stumbling out of the bar after a night out with the gang. Everything after stepping outside is black. You must have gone really hard. This hangover is going to suck. 
Your head is already starting to hurt, and when you finally try to open your eyes, you're nearly blinded by a harsh white light overhead. You immediately close your eyes to shut out the pain and try to shift and roll over to your side, only to find that you can't. You realize that you're tied down and can't move your arms or your legs. You're able to turn your head though, so you look to the side and try opening your eyes again. This time you can see your surroundings. A monitor, keeping track of your vitals. Bags of fluid connected to your arms by tubes. Clinical looking furniture and assorted equipment, most of which you don't recognize. You'd think you were in a hospital, but the room feels off. Not to mention the fact that you're strapped down to something that's not even a bed, and left alone in here. What the hell is going on? You struggle against the bindings, but it doesn't seem to be of any use. You start to scream, but stop almost right away. Your voice doesn't sound right. It sounds kind of like you, but deeper, gruffer. How did you get here, and what did whoever owns this place do to you? You hear the sounds of a keypad being used just outside the door to this room, and you start to struggle even more, cursing yourself for losing your cool and alerting someone that you are awake. The door opens and you see a short, balding human man walk into the room and carefully shut the door behind himself. You start to scream at him, hurling insults, but he responds by quickly gesturing in front of himself and some cloth wrappings on a nearby counter fly through the air and gag you. He whispers, Stop! I'm here to help you. I'd say that I am a friend, but I fear that fool is a more apt word. They told me that you are a willing test subject, but it's clear to me now that was a lie. I've been ordered to euthanize you, and that's not something you do to someone who came here of their own free will. <sighs> it's my fault you're in this mess, my research that brought you here, but I'm going to get you out of it. Test subject? What did this crazy scientist magician or the corp he works for do to you? There's not much I can actually do other than get you out of this facility. They've got me here under lock and key just as much as you, not to mention my contract is binding to say the least. You'll unfortunately have to fend for yourself once you get out, which I am deeply sorry for. You then see the man contemplate something, and then he looks back at you and says, There's more. You need to know exactly what my research entails, and what that means for you. I think showing you will be easier than explaining it. The man roots through a drawer and finds a mirror, which he holds up to your face. You instantly recoil in shock. You don't see the usual human face that you're accustomed to, but one that has been distorted. Your brow is heavier, your ears are pointier, and your canines are a bit longer and sharper, protruding out from your lips. An orc! They changed you into an orc! At least, partially. How is that even possible? People don't just turn into orcs anymore, not since the initial event back in the 20s. The man sees the horror in your eyes and sighs, saying, It wasn't supposed to be like this. I wanted to help people change in what the, into who they wanted to be without all the plastic surgery. Truly change into a form they preferred. Hopefully I'd find a final cure for people that would rather be human. But now isn't the time for that. They're expecting a body and that's what we're going to give them. I will drug you, make it appear as though I euthanized you, and then they will dispose of you. I've seen what they do to failed test subjects before, and I believe they will transport you to one of their medical facilities to be harvested. You'll only be out for a few minutes, which I'm hoping is enough time for you to wake up during transport and escape. The man then begins preparing a syringe, and you don't know what to do, what to think after everything that has happened. Could this harebrained scheme actually work? 
Why doesn't he just let you free now and help you fight your way out? Why? But you don't have the chance to think any more about it, as the man has injected whatever drug he's planned to use into your IV, and you quickly lose consciousness. Aerovan, you're back in the present, and before you stands that man, the man who helped you escape all those years ago. The man that is at least partially responsible for you becoming a half-orc. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, dang. Oh, boy. Does she do anything immediately? Because if not, I'm going to go. She I do have freezes. to finish the, I, I did kind of like stop. I didn't completely describe the scene. There's one other detail I was going to uh, throw in there. Uh, behind uh, Mr. Kuznetsky here, you see a woman and two small children. And it is clear that he is living in this building with oh, his family. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Now, Arrow is frozen in place with her hand on one of the hilts of her katana. Okay. Fluke walks forward and uh, is he awake? Is who awake? The man? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like like at the kitchen table. Like He sees you arrive. Um, if you don't like stop him, he is going to say something. No, I'm going to say something. Okay. I'm going to walk up to him and say hey you um you uh the and he's he struggles for uh, couscous whatever your name is are you him (laughs) (laughs) and he says uh oh uh hello uh you're the shadow runners yes yeah are you 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 the dude yes uh thank you so much for coming yeah shut up and go we're ready to go get get your your bottom and move come on Okay, so he, like, starts, like, gathering up his family. Like, they, they're not bringing, like, really anything with them. They're making, like, little small-to-go bags. Um, it looks like, based on the size of this place and your knowledge of the building plans, they probably don't have much anyways. So they uh, start packing up and start trying to follow you guys. Uh, are you asking any questions, or are you just... No. Laser focus, okay. We don't have time for questions. We had a I know, I know you don't have time for questions. You never know. I'm not saying that I expected it. I just was asking, so... I'll ask questions when we leave. Um, hold on a second. Arrow's like laser focused on the dude and still standing where she was standing. Mm-hmm. Does she do anything as he starts to like walk out of the room? Does she have questions for him? Or comments or curse words or. <laughs> <laughs> still here, huh? And he kind of looks at you for a second, and then you see, like, recognition, like, flash across his face, and he's like, Oh, uh, you, you made it out. And now we'll get you out. And he just says, uh, I, I, I'm pleased. I was, I was worried that you, that you didn't make it. Um, I'm glad that our plan worked. Fluke gives Arrow kind of a funny look and then looks at the guy and says, No more talking. And then gives Arrow, like, a shut up and let's go look. <laughs> Arrow takes a deep breath and just, like, starts ushering them forward, like, trying yeah. to snap out of it. <laughs> okay. So, we're gonna set off the... We're gonna set off, like, the trip wires when we walk them back through. Unless there's Or you could just out. cast it on them. I can't. I'll have to cast it on all of them individually, though. <laughs> well, yeah, you already have and... us, so you just have to cast it on all three of them. That wasn't a problem the first time. Yeah, it's just the drain. I don't know how much drain. Oh. Uh, Actually, I think them? at some point I'm probably turned to, to him as I like think about that because I would know magic users have like drain or whatever, and I'd probably say like, "Do you know another way out of here?" 
And he just says, uh, no, uh, th- that door is the, the only way in or out. All right. They, they don't let us out. I am, I am, I am here all the time doing, uh, the, the research and, uh, I, I get no visitors except, uh, the, the managers every once in a while. Hannah, could you go ahead and look up how the drain works just so we know? Yeah, I was just gonna say, is that the mental limit that's on my character sheet? It's or? not. It's not the same thing. It's something no? different. Okay. I think it's like you have a, you can drain as I much see. as your essence score, I think, and then you have to like let it re- recoup. Basically, Drain. I think is how Magic it works. I could be wrong. Tiring. though. Yeah. Are the children being carried? No, they're they're old enough to to walk themselves. They're uh, how? Like, they're in their preteens or younger, just from you looking at them. Oh, how many okay. kids were there? Two. Oh, okay, I thought there was only one, but okay. So I actually have to roll to resist drain, and then I can um, reduce the drain by one for each hit. Oh, okay. So it doesn't say how much drain I have, though. Oh, actually, I think it's like damage. Oh, by default, drain is stun damage. Okay. Though certain conditions can make it physical. Okay, so then you have some stun damage from the magic you were using earlier then. Yeah, I never rolled a resist roll, though. Yeah, you should do that. Yeah, just do that quick and we'll just kind of sweep it under the rug unless it becomes a problem. So based off of my magic tradition, which is uh, shamanism, Mm -hmm. I roll, I think it's charisma. Yeah, charisma plus willpower. Okay. I hit twice, which counteracts those two drain thing. So I didn't take nice. any damage. Cool. Yes. Nice. <laughs> so I could, yeah, I could cast the sensor sneak on the family as well. If that's okay. what they want me to do. <laughs> I think it makes sense. Okay, so then she will, there's how many kids? Two? Okay. So it's four people you need to do it on total. So I will roll 12 d6s four times. <laughs> I'll do ki- I'll do kids first and then dad and then mom. That's the order. The kids, dad and then mom. Okay. Oh jeez. Two, two. Yeah, two hits for the first child. <laughs> Lots of hits for the next Lots one. Lots of hits for the next one. One, two, three, four, five, six for, for dad. Wow. Two for mom. And not quite enough. So what was the lowest of all of those? Two. Two? two? I believe two would still be enough. Because um, it just kind of happens. It just depends. It just kind of happens. Yeah, I think I just need at least one. So. I think I would use that as a way to like tell if like you get a glitch or if it's like maybe it lasts not as long. Well, it's sustained, so it lasts mm-hmm. as long as you want it to. So. So then I'll roll. Just for... based on the difficulty, like the difficulty thresholds that I have, I would say it's pretty easy to pull off. Yeah. Because so. there's a drain associated with it that you would roll exactly. For, so so I think I'll it's roll a, to resist yeah. drain now. Um, yeah. See if I. Oh, I counteract the drain damage. Okay. Cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Okay. Cool. That went pretty well. Um, so, yeah. So you successfully got everybody sensory sneaked. Are uh, you guys, I assume, are making a hasty retreat? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I would say we're probably going to go out, like, a different door. Okay. Maybe, like, go out this door instead. 
as you're making your way towards the double doors in the big space, you hear the audible click of the doors locking. Great. And you hear a voice come over the intercom. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Ah, welcome, welcome. There's no need to be alarmed. We've been expecting you. Oh. You know, it's funny how easy it is to get Shadowrunners to do exactly what you want. <gasps> Dangle the promise of a minuscule <gasps> amount of Nunion in front of them, enough to mean something for their squalid lives, and they'll do anything, no matter how dangerous, that you want. The uh, That window that's up above, on like the second story, light up and become clear to reveal a handsome elven man, older, wearing an expensive business suit. The elf is pacing back and forth, staring down at you the way that a malicious person will look at ants. Arrow, she's going to flip him a very rude hand gesture. (laughs) Do I recognize this person? You do, actually. Oh, Um, no. (gasps) You all thought that you were so clever going against Kestrel Industries from the shadows, thinking that we wouldn't notice. Well, we know exactly who you are and that all it would take to get you here was our name tied to this job. The elf man begins to point at each of you one by one, first pointing at Lucian at uh, Lucian's uh, flying eye drone. The errant ex-employee. He then points at Zara, the vampire who thought they were too good to work for us. He just outed and me. Then, <laughs> and then he wow. looks at, uh, and then he points at um, Arrow, the escaped piece of scum that we use to advance our research. Ooh. And you, and pointing at Fluke, he I says... I touch my gun. The Fluke. <laughs> Fluke, you actually, at that word, and because it's this man, you have a flashback as well. <laughs> if I could find it. Story time. <laughs> we see a young Fluke, perhaps only seven or eight years old, standing in the center of a concrete room, his head covered by some sort of electronic device. The device is covering his entire head, and it doesn't appear that he can see in any way. A drone hovers in the air before him, a small taser pointed in Fluke's direction. We see Fluke holding his hands out towards the drone, appearing to strain an effort before the drone eventually shoots him with the taser. Not enough to incapacitate him, but enough for it to hurt and for it to illustrate his failure. As Fluke is crying in pain, we hear a male voice come through an intercom stating, Again! And Fluke raises his hands once more. He strains an effort, but this time we see the drone wobble in the air. Then, slowly but surely, we see the drone rotate in the air and aim the taser at a target on one of the walls. The drone fires, hitting the target but missing the center. Fluke drops his control of the drone and doubles over, putting his hands on his knees and breathing heavily. In just a few seconds, we hear the voice frustratedly shout, Again! Once more. And the drone turns back to attention, aiming at Fluke. After a sigh of exasperation, Fluke raises his hands at the drone again. The vision fades and then comes back into focus. We see an older fluke sitting in an opulent dining room alone. It is late at night and he is eating some leftover scraps he found in the fridge. He couldn't stand sitting there with his parents and all of his brothers and sisters prattling on about the latest corporate news and gossip. He preferred to eat alone and avoided his family as much as possible. He knew what his family did, had seen firsthand the amount of bodies that left their corporate compound. Honestly, it was all starting to grate on him. The fine food, the expensive clothes, the servants that were at his beck and call if he chose to use them. All these trappings of luxury were just a cover, a laughable attempt at hiding the dark, evil dealings of corporations like Kestrel Industries, the family business. Just then, we hear the door to the dining room open. Fluke's father, Galen Davin, enters. He looks at Fluke with cold, hard eyes and says, Ah, Thalion, you finally skulked out of your room. 
I'd say that the family missed you at dinner, but we, by now we both know that that isn't true. <laughs> you know, I had such high hopes for you. All that raw talent, that power that many would kill to have. All those years of training and honing your skills to advance the will of the company and the family. And for what? For you to squander it, refusing to do any work for the company that raised you, provided for you, cared for you for your entire life. What sort of miserable excuse for a person doesn't show any kind of gratitude for the things that you have been so fortunate to be provided with? This whole time, Fluke's father has been looking at him with those cold eyes, never once raising his voice or showing too much emotion. Fortunately for me, Thalion, you are a fluke, a disappointing failure of this family. Your brothers and sisters are all successful, masters of their own fields or promising students, ready to join the company ranks and add to the system that gave them so much. Although it isn't your technomancy, their efforts have done the most important thing of all, added to our bottom line and our power. Fluke's father turns back towards the door to leave, and as he does so, he says, You could disappear tomorrow, and it would mean nothing to me, the family, or the company. In fact, it would be better if that were so. Better to lose all that investment now than for you to continue to leech off the assets of this household. And with that, Galen left the room as dispassionately as he entered. That night, Fluke packed up the few things he cared about and left his old life behind. That night was when Thalion Davon first became Fluke Wren, when he finally forsook his heritage and set out to find his own path in this life. Fluke, we are back in the present, and the man before you is, of course, none other than your father. I raised my gun. And with that, we are going to have to wait until next time. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> nice. Nice.